Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back and better than ever, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Coming up, we've got a lot to say about the rankings. We've got a special Wednesday edition of Who You Got. We've got Thanksgiving hot takes. And the end is near for one very high-profile coach. All that and more, let's do this. Here we go! Only one place to start. Rather, one place to start here is in our studio with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Our insider extraordinaire, Kimberly Martin, and the pride of Joliet, Illinois, Rob Ninkovich. Good enough to hang out with us after (laughs) Get Up this morning. How are you guys? Good, good, good. I mean, you know, I I was better. Before I heard Rob's terrible Thanksgiving I mean, takes, who, nobody likes cranberry sauce. I mean, okay. look the, the disrespect. I, I'm trying Out to think what can. is worse. Ugh. Uh, America, please, you agree with me, right? The Mm-mm. best cranberry sauce is from Ocean Spray. And when you like, you have to hit the bottom of it, and it just sort of comes out in this like kerplunk, like, like on a the jello plate. Mold oh my god, it's so much better than any time I show up to like some dinner where the people have like Mm-mm. whole cran- like oh I made this wonderful cranberry, cranberry sauce. It's got like I, it's got like whole cranberries. Like get that junk can, out of here. You pull a can out of your purse. Yes, you're like I, I am. Listen, <laughs> I am responsible for bringing like four or five cans of just cranberry sauce. That is my responsibility tomorrow to my mom's house. So. Camille, you know what I'm Five bringing. cans of ocean spray. You call yes. your mother Cranberry. by her first name? Is that a thing well, you do? Well, in case do? she's listening. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm West Indian. No, she would beat my butt. Okay. But um, no, but since she's not here in studio, I could do that. Okay, fair enough. So this <laughs> now everyone's had a glimpse into the behind-the-scenes conversations we were having during breaks on Get Up This Morning. The on-the-air conversations surrounded largely what might happen tomorrow and the day after. So for anyone who's not been paying attention, there was a report yesterday that Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Bears, had been informed by his leadership, by ownership, et cetera, that he was going to be fired on Friday. And I assume that was win, lose, or draw in the Thanksgiving game tomorrow against Detroit. He denied that in his press conference yesterday. There were further reports that I saw yesterday that said he then did meet with ownership and subsequently canceled all their meetings for the Mm -hmm. afternoon and all of that. So things are in a terrible place. Ninko, I will start with you again as one you grew up loving the Bears and you still do the voice, if nothing else, better than anyone I know. (laughs) What? what, what? I mean, what are we supposed to say about the situation they find themselves in now? I'll save the voice for another time. But when it comes to this situation, it just seems like Nagy... In front, especially after the fact, when he was asked the question in front of the media, he seemed very, almost like defensive, a defensive demeanor. And has he earned the right to continue to be the head coach? I really don't think that his body of work there has been good for a guy that's considered to be an offensive mind Mm -hmm. and you know the quarterbacks that they've had in the past and Trubisky and when Trubisky came back for the preseason it looked like he was an all-world quarterback when he's playing back when he's back up for the Bills now so you know I just think that especially the way that this season went and the, the issues with the young guy coming in and he was saying oh well he's not our he's not our quarterback yet and just those problems in the fan base I think they're just over it they're over that and me being from Chicago I can tell you this they're a diehard fan base Mm -hmm. and all they want is to have a guy like they had in years past where he was a straight shooter and it's just going to tell you like it is. And sometimes mm-hmm. I don't feel like Nagy's that oh, way. No, is that person that. Mike Ditka? Is that that's who you're Ditka. referring to? Yeah. Ditka. Well, but he's the, he's beloved because he's the coach that has always been the epitome of just you know hard nosed yeah. tough guy. 
tight end, used to play, run people over, comes in, you know, what do you care? You know, just that attitude. Yeah. And, and he was a straight shooter. That's what he is. And then yeah. you, they've had coaches where everyone's just like, what is this, you know? And, and right now, I mean, the Nagy thing is coming to an end. And, and we'll talk a little bit later about the way the whole thing has played Advisor. out. Here's what I find myself thinking today, Kmart. Mm-hmm. That the Bears, they, they made this bed because things broke in ways they did not foresee, which is to say, coming off of last year, when they snuck into the playoffs as a 500 team, they went out, they signed Andy Dalton, and they decided, we believe in the team. We believe that with a veteran presence at quarterback, Dalton, who may not be spectacular, but you know he knows which end zone we're trying to work our way towards, I'm going to give this coach and this general manager one more shot. They did not know that the Justin Fields thing would fall into their lap. There was no way of knowing they were going to wind up being able to trade up and get a quarterback mm-hmm. that they would. Mm-hmm. We'll never know the answer to this question. But if they had known Justin Fields was going to be their quarterback going forward, maybe they don't bring back the coach because it doesn't make sense to have a lame duck coach, Mm -hmm. which he clearly was, Mm -hmm. and a rookie quarterback who you were looking to develop. Those two things don't fit together. They haven't from the very beginning. Nagy has handled the whole thing from the beginning like a man trying to save his own job, which I guess I can't blame him for Mm -hmm. because that's where his ownership put him. Mm -hmm. And predictably, it has gone horribly. You know what's interesting? Um, I agree with what you're saying, but what's interesting is that Earlier in the season, personnel execs that I was talking to had made jokes like, wow, Nagy might mess around and actually keep his job with Justin Fields on the field and mm. playing well. Like they, they were envisioning a situation where, wow, this guy who probably should have been let go after last year, could, like Justin Fields could potentially save his job. But as this whole season has disintegrated and you watch Nagy each week talk to the media, um, you know, it, it's, it's clearly I, things have been... Going downhill. You know what bothers me too? What yeah. bothers you, honey? The visor. The visor. Oh, I does just it? You put, know, I want to put a regular else? hat on him. Like, like I mean, if, you if mean, I, I mean, you a visor don't understand isn't a visor. the visor in the sun no, on a bald head? You don't an, understand is, that? Isn't a no. visor just if you have a head full of hair and you put a visor on to protect your face from the sun? Because you still like get to, a bald spot. I mean, if you have a bald spot and you get the sun back there, that, that, that's a problem. You're he gonna he put, doesn't have a bald spot. Let's be clear. And I look. He's having a very rough time. I get it. He's on the verge of getting fired. The fans are chanting you know, nasty mm. things about mm. him at his kids' football that's, games, which that's, is awful. That's unfortunate. Yes. Yeah. So this is not a day where I want to be saying this, but you just did bring it up. I've said it from the beginning. I never trust a bald man in a visor. <laughs> I, I, there's just something about that that does not feel trustworthy. I've never liked I've it. I haven't seen him in a regular hat, though. Like, is he put it's a regular like, hat why on? The, why the visor? Why the visor? Why the visor? Why the, he wearing, the man is wearing a visor in <laughs> indoor stadiums. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It just if he had a visor on it, it is the press conference yes. I would take the visor off. be a part of Greeny Nation we have the Dr. Pepper call in line ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper college football is heating up fans are hyped return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper the one that fans deserve Kmart you believe that if indeed his last game is tomorrow he's going out with what will be a humiliating loss you think the Lions are going to beat them tomorrow don't you if I had to give a bold prediction for Thanksgiving yeah because I've covered listen if your listeners know, I covered the Jets for quite a few years. I covered the Washington football team. I covered the Buffalo Bills. Um, I have seen head coaches on the way out. Like, I saw the end of Rex, Todd Bowles, Adam Gase, Jay Gruden. It just doesn't, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. Like, we are approaching the end. It's just a matter of, of when. And I think players feel that. I know Ninko had talked about that on Get Up earlier, you know, what it feels like when – you can sense that the head coach and other people in the front office may be lame ducks. 
Um, it's hard to, to galvanize a locker room if you feel like, you know, Justin is hurt, you know. Um, Khalil Mack is on IR. Like, there are just so many things. Guys start, obviously care about their futures and, and their stats and everything, but it's hard to sort of regroup and get back Well, together. that's the point, Nico, that you made, that when this kind of thing happens and you it's, lived it in Miami yeah. at one time, like, it does become every man for himself, right? All the yes. players are like, I need to do whatever I need to do to position myself to make sure I have a job in the league next year. A lot of eye-rolling at this point. When it becomes hot air and just a lot of just mm-hmm. fluff, you know, as a player, it's a production business. It's a production league. Right. And, and the best thing about being a football player is when you walk out on that field, it's it's a easy observation when you have a, a football player on the like yes he's good no he's mm-hmm. he's not mm-hmm. and coaches can kind of hide and finagle for a couple years until things become very apparent and we've seen coaches come in in one year and it just falls apart and they're gone and in, in just one year because it's really really hard to stand in front of a group of grown men who are football players yeah. that can see through a lot and gain all that respect and everything just by I – mean, you stand up there and you, you talk and you're just blowing hot air out and you know, like, there's really no future here and, and the coach isn't going to be here and the GM's probably going to be gone. Then you start thinking about yourself. All right, where am I going to be? Mm-hmm. I have a year left under my contract. This coaching staff is the one – like, I was from the previous coaching staff – I hung on, and a lot of guys, just like the coaching staffs in general, they float from staff to staff based on which team has the staff. And you look at other coaches that go other places, how many Patriots are playing for the Dolphins right now? Right. Like, that's the way it goes. For so, Brian Flores. For Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. So right. Brian Flores left New England. He goes to Miami. A lot of guys go down there. Right. So you start to look around, and you're like, all right, is this going to – and there's careers that end based on when coaches are fired. Because nobody else gives them an opportunity. That's exactly right. All right, let's make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. I have two more things I want to sneak in with you guys, and I have limited time to do it. The first is, we haven't really started doing this yet, Kmart, but, and that is speculating about who the hot coaches are going to be. Like, who are going to be the people who are going to be getting these jobs? Because I, Nico on TV this morning brought up that maybe Josh McDaniels would be mm-hmm. a guy who could potentially be interested in coaching Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I brought up load up a truck with as much money as you can put in it and drive it to Columbus, Ohio and beg Ryan Day Mm. to come coach Justin Fields. Who are the names when this season really gets going, when the hiring season begins, Kmart? Who who are going to be the names we're talking about? I mean, the shame of it is I think we talk about retreads a lot. Like, uh, and Eric Bianami is going to get mentioned, whether he gets hired ever as a head coach, who Mm -hmm. knows. Um, But I'd be curious that Ryan Day is interesting because – Who's going to be there's we had that wave of the Sean McVay's like if you touched Sean McVay's hand at one point, you could automatically be a head coach. Right. We had that wave. We had the like young offensive guru, ooh, the Cliff Kingsbury. Um, so who's the next college guy? Like, I feel like Ryan Day is really fascinating just because of the Justin Fields aspect. And he of has it. a history in the NFL. I mean, he, he, he does, coached in the NFL. You know, th- that's why the, the Urban Meyer thing in Jacksonville was so fascinating because it's like, we know you're a good football coach, Urban, except coaching grown men is different. So I get Ryan Day and the Justin Fields connection. I wonder if Ryan Day could actually do the job. We'll find out. The one more thing. So, Nico, I didn't get to give my Thanksgiving hot Ooh, take today. Oh, mm. it's going to be But you said something. something that I agree with. Of all the things that are the staples of Thanksgiving, the one I could eat most easily live without 
is the turkey. The turkey. I Throw could, the turkey You away. could serve me everything else. The problem with the turkey yeah, it's, sometimes is that it's it is frequently dry. You, it needs to be moist. Yeah. And it is very <laughs> you know hard. What, guys. It, when, guys. When, the, when the turkey is uh, not moist. Yes, there's an issue there. Word. It's not it's very good. Word. Um, okay, you know what? And I had this conversation with Elle Duncan on our podcast for yes. Take Her Take yesterday. And she was talking about how she loves to cook. And the issue is people don't prepare the turkey beforehand. They don't spend a lot of time preparing the turkey beforehand, whether you brine it, um, you know, you smoke it. it. You got to brine it. You, you got to brine, brine it. it. Smoke um, it. Smoke a lot it, of people it, just defrost and then fry like, it. you know, put it in the oven to bake for 45 hours. Like part of the issue is there isn't enough love. I hear it's got to be attention. room temperature. That helps. Room temperature. You room let temperature it get, for what? When you cook anything that like chicken oh yeah like if it you can't, if you yeah. gets down if it's cold on the inside you can't yeah, put it in because yeah. then it doesn't no i don't i don't even cook and i know that that's terrible one way or another i'm just concerned about l's armpit that's the only thing yes. i was <laughs> listening to your podcast the other day she's got armpit issues oh no those we seem have to have been worked out all right i gotta run a lot you guys okay. are the be- a very 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 happy thanksgiving to two of my favorite people thank, thank you. you guys for hanging out coming up next we'll say a few words about a legend that i didn't think we'd ever see again as we get this thing rolling it's greeny on espn radio greeny the podcast this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. we all carry around different stressors i do you do we all do big small and when we keep them bottled up as i sometimes have had happen in the past it can start to affect us negatively therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you'll permit me just a quick aside, and then I'll get back to all of the different football stuff here. Um, I have to say that I was genuinely emotional watching and listening to Dick Vitale back behind a mic yesterday. Many of you may be aware that Dick was diagnosed with cancer last month. And I can tell you behind the scenes, and he said it, I would never have said this, but he said it on TV last night, that when he was first diagnosed, the feelings amongst many of us who know him well was that he would not ever do another basketball game. And he said it on TV last night how he didn't think he'd be back in that chair and how good that is for him. And to see him and and to see Lorraine walking into the – if you know Dick Vitale, you know his wife Lorraine – um, they're just the most wonderful people. 
Whatever it is you think of Dick Vitale, the announcer, I'm not his public relations representative. I don't care if you love him on games or not. I'm here to tell you that to know Dick Vitale is to love him. He is one of the genuinely sweetest, kindest, most giving people. And he is my inspiration from a philanthropic standpoint. You, you may be aware that I've written two books that my wife and I donate 100% of the proceeds to the V Foundation from uh, those books because we can't afford to do so and because Dick Vitale really was the one who inspired me to try and do something meaningful because I could. And um, when I was privileged enough to be honored by him at his gala a few years ago, um, you go to his house and you hang out down there with him and his family, and I really got to know him even more. Like if you listen to Mike and Mike, you heard him on with us every Monday, I think for 10 years or something, when he would do stock up and stock down, and it was always so funny. But um, I got to really know him during that time, which is about four years ago now. And um, he's, he's just... He's just a terrific person. And look, he has been the voice of college football, uh, excuse me, college basketball since I was in college. When I was in college, Northwestern was playing Indiana the year after they were the, 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 Indiana was the defending national champs. And that was the first year of Big Monday on ESPN. And one of the deals with Big Monday was every team got one home game. So we got one home game on ESPN and we played Indiana, the, the defending national champs, and we won. We beat them. And I, I tell you to this day, I was the first one of the hundreds of us who rushed the court. I, was ra- I ran out of the court immediately. My roommate, Craig Isaacs, grabbed Dick Vitale's game notes and has them to this day because he did the game. And to us, having Dick Vitale in the arena was such a big deal. This was 1988. It is now 2021. And he remains the voice of his sport. So very few people in our industry have ever accomplished as much either behind the mic or away from it, as Dick Vitale has. And I will just finish this thought because I'm hopeful now that he, this is going to be the best medicine for him and he is going to beat this thing and we're going to get to continue having Dick Vitale on our show and other shows and hearing him doing games. But just very quickly, when I spoke at that event, what I said of him was this. 50 years from now, there's going to be an event in this very same room. We were in this beautiful ballroom at the Ritz-Carlton where he has his event in Sarasota. And I said, are the people in that room, they may not know Diaper Dandy, they may not know P.T. Peer, they may not know Awesome Baby, but what there will be are people in that room who are alive because of Dick Vitale. They may not know it, but there will be people in that room who will be alive because of Dick Vitale's never-ending energy and enthusiasm and passion for the V Foundation and for combating cancer. And I don't think there's a better legacy a human being can have than that. So thank you for indulging me these moments. He is a, a dear person. He means a lot to Stacy and to me. And it was, I, I have to believe it was that way for everyone. I mean, let, let me bring the guys in on this quickly. I, I didn't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I mean, Hembo, I don't know how well you know Dick, if at all, but I have to believe that, what, what was your emotion, your reaction to seeing him last night? It was the coolest thing in the world. I think you said it best. He is the voice of college basketball, one of my favorite sports growing up. I mean, he is as synonymous with the sport as Vince Scully is to baseball. You know, my, my favorite sport. That is Dick Vitale. If you think of college basketball, you think of him before you think of so many of the famous players mm-hmm. and coaches in the game. I mean, he is that important to the fabric of the sport and to my fandom of college basketball. Even Nuno, the most um, <laughs> cynical, unemotional person. Tell me you didn't get a little choked up watching Dickie V last night. 
No, I, I loved it. Uh, you know, I grew up listen, watching Dickie V and all those great like moments, right? Those great Duke Carolina moments and just the the way he described players and things of that nature and made it a cultural thing that like when you see something like that, especially as you get older, right? Cause we are, we don't like, I don't know Dickie V I've had him on a couple shows, but I don't know him, but like, I feel like I do know him. Right. And mm-hmm. all, especially all the good and everything else. But I think as we get older, like the, these are those moments that at the end of the day, like win losses, whatever like the win in life of seeing him back Mm -hmm. doing the thing he loves and giving us joy like that matters the most that's very well said Uh, and then i'll give bubba the quick final word here and many of you may not know this but but bubba uh, in his uh, earliest life was actually uh, an executive at the network who was in charge of hiring and i believe actually did originally hire dickie v for espn so that's a little known fact about Bubba. Bubba, what were your emotions last night? Yeah, I mean, same thing as you all have been saying. Um, I agree with everything. I mean, what, growing up watching all the Duke-Carolina games, for sure, when he's on the call, it was a big game. He's big a big game. He's the greatest. I mean, my entire life of watching college basketball, he's been there, and you just can't imagine him not doing a game. So him being on there is just – it is college basketball. So it's just so great seeing him on there, and it's just – you just love seeing him on there. And and all the sayings, everything he did, that's just it's just part of the culture now. Like everything he said is just you grew up with that and it's it's just amazing. Yep. Uh, so nicely said. And so I, I just wanted to have a moment for that. He's doing great. I mean, you could see him last night. His energy is off the charts. This is going to be the best thing that ever happened for him. So hopefully we'll have him on here soon to talk about it. All right. Sign up with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, and use the code GREENY to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Let me go back quickly to the situation in Chicago uh, with the Matt Nagy thing. We were talking about that with Nico and Kimberly. My first thought is Ryan Day. So, so just the, com- the connection to Fields, someone who obviously knows Fields, knows how to utilize his talents better than anybody. And Ryan Day is a guy who I think is going to be a hot NFL prospect all the time. He has a background in the NFL. If, if, if not now, when? You know, this seems like an interesting situation. So that would be the first call I would make if I were the Bears. You have an interesting one, too, in your mind, Hembo. I would go to college, but I would not go to Ryan Day. I would go to Brian Kelly. If I were making this decision for the Chicago Bears, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame would be my first call. There is no coach in America who takes more crap, for lack of a better term, relative to how much he wins than that guy. And he has proven year after year after year he is a great uh, football coach. He is a great program builder, and he's done so at a place that historically has not been that easy, at least not post Lou Holtz, and he's done so by being able to manage so many difficult variables at that place. In my opinion, he would be a, a great NFL coach because he has evolved and sort of ha- now has the temperament, I think, to do it well. And he's also built great teams in that area of the country, primarily through his offensive line. And that's something else that the Bears need to do a much better job of is sort of uh, reading the room, for lack of a better term. And they can obviously uh, build in that way. And I think he's done a great job doing so. Candidly, Notre Dame has had better offensive lines than the Bears have <laughs> in recent years. Oh, by the way, there's strength of record is four mm-hmm. this year. So we'll see if, if what direction that winds up going. And, and then very quickly, speaking of coaching changes, let me just get Nuno's take. It was not surprising. I said this on the radio yesterday. When you heard Joe Judge say, I'm not going to get into that, 
after the game on Monday night when asked about the status of his offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. You knew Garrett was getting fired. But here's what I think to myself, Nuno. Here's how I would feel if I were a Giant fan. You are one. That we just had a bye. So we had two weeks. Those are the time, that is the time when you do all your self-scouting, all your self-assessment, work with whatever, whatever work you can do that you can get in that you can't do during the normal flow of an NFL season because you're constantly chasing after the next game when you actually have that time to sit and stop. That feels to me like the time you want to make a change of that magnitude. Instead, they keep Garrett, whatever it is they consulted with him, he was with them through that entire process. Then they play one game, and they fire him hours later in the midst of what is now a short week, a compressed work week, because they played on Monday Night Football and they play on Sunday. That struck me as odd. Nuno, how did it strike you? It was, it's become typical of what this franchise are. It's a typical move for a bad franchise because there was nothing that happened leading up to that. Yeah, you won the game against the Raiders. You scored one offensive touchdown that game. It's... I feel like maybe Judge wanted to do this, make this move earlier, but that people above him wouldn't allow him to. And after they watched that debacle on Monday, they gave him the green light and said, all right, go ahead and do it. Are those people named uh, John, Gettleman uh, or are they yeah, named I Mara? think it's probably Mara because everyone has to remember they have this attachment to Jason Garrett and he was a backup back in the day. So it was one of those that – there was the feel, maybe feelings involved, and in, and it just they finally had enough of uh, proof. Our judge had enough proof to go in there and be like, "See, this guy isn't any good. We need to make the move. Let's do it." Jason Garrett has got to be the greatest guy in the world because Jerry Jones <laughs> kept him around out of just like emotion and liking him for what felt like forever. Remember, he knew his daddy. Remember, he said that he's I knew his daddy, and and, and he's like best friends with him, and and just loved him and kept him there long beyond the time anyone thought he would. And now <laughs> Mara loves him and wouldn't fire him because he, so so I don't know Jason Garrett. He must be the best guy in the world <laughs> because he continues to keep these jobs through circumstances where it would seem obvious that someone was going to get fired. Okay, so and the next thing I want to get into here is some unsolicited advice. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. All right, my unsolicited advice is going to come from the college football rankings, which came out last night. It's brought to you by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, try their brand new fries for yourself with fries that are guaranteed to be hot and crispy or they'll replace them at participating U.S. Wendy's. And my unsolicited advice is the following. Beware the professionalization of college football. By that, I do not mean name, image, and likeness, paying kids, all that. I'm all for all of that. If you've listened to me on the radio, you know I've been that way for 30 years. Here's what I am talking about. What makes college football great is there are two levels of fans who watch games. One of them is the alums and the fans of their individual teams. So I'm going to use Ohio State-Michigan this weekend because it's an enormous game. It's the game. We all understand how important it is to the people connected to Ohio State and the people connected to Michigan. All those people are going to watch this game this weekend, no matter what, because it means everything to them. But what college football has done a brilliant job of is creating a setup where there are so many games that feel like the Super Bowl all through the year. This game is the Super Bowl. There is nothing more important. No, the college football playoff games will not be more impactful towards deciding who wins the championship than this will. 
This is a playoff game in every sense of the word. Winner goes on and loser goes home. And so you don't have to care about Ohio State and Michigan. You don't have to be a fan of either of those programs. You don't have to be a Big Ten fan or anything else. You got to watch this game because it's just that big. Now be careful because what they're about to do is professionalize the sport. They're going to create a big playoff. And in the playoff, the playoffs are what matter. Just look at the NBA, look at the NFL, look at Major League Baseball. The playoffs are what matter. And we have seen the disintegration in the importance of the regular season and the impact that it's had in some of those places. When they expand this thing to 12 teams, Ohio State and Michigan would both be in. So this game would be for seeding. Now you tell me, if I do with the following promo, I say, tune in, Ohio State and Michigan, noon Eastern Saturday. The winner goes on and has a chance for the college football playoff. The loser's season is over. Their hopes dashed. Are you watching that? Oh, yeah, for sure. If I tell you, Ohio State and Michigan, the winner will get a higher seeding in the college football playoff than the loser, who will get in also anyway and have (laughs) essentially the same chance to win the championship as the winner, but our expectation is they're not going to rest their starters. Are you watching that? Only if I care about Ohio State. That's my point. College football is done. I am a casual fan. I grew up in New York City. We don't have college football teams. I didn't pay any attention to college football growing up, hardly. Then I went to Northwestern, and, and so I became a Big Ten fan because our teams were just awful when I was there. I rooted for us, of course. But then my, defa- my default has always been I root for the Big Ten because, you know, I would see them play all the time. Now we've gotten to be good. So, like, I follow us, and I care like crazy about us. But what I have realized over the years is that these games become enormous. Basically, every week you have a championship-caliber game practically every week and that's the thing you're going to lose that's the thing you're going to lose so that that would be my unsolicited advice i'm not saying don't do it i'm not saying some of the advantages of it might not outweigh the disadvantages but i'm saying take that into account that's something i think they need to be at least a little bit careful about greeny the podcast for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I don't know about you, but this feels like a, a really big Thanksgiving for me. Maybe it's because it is a big Thanksgiving for me, um, just personally in my life, because uh, our kids, as, as I think you know, if you listen to this show, we, we became empty nesters this fall. Stace and I, and we're doing great, but there's something about us having the kids back together and home. They're home now and uh, I'll see them late tonight, and, and we'll have Thanksgiving together tomorrow. It feels more, I mean, Thanksgiving is always important. It feels even more important to me than usual, one way or the other. So I wanted to do something thanksgiving E today on the show. And God bless Matthew Judon of the Patriots. He gave us exactly the thing. 
He said, and I'm not going to play you the soundbite because I don't want to take the time on the record, but he said he finds mac and cheese disgusting. That's a controversial take on a very important topic because that is a side dish that people tend to love. So what I'm looking for here now are Thanksgiving hot takes from the members of the assembled hashtag crew, whatever they may be, whatever your belief, like Matthew Judon, and then I'll tell you what I think of. Do you want me to start by telling you what I think of his? Please, because this I don't understand what's controversial about what he said. What he said was a joke. He has to be the only person in the world that feels this way. Well, you got to think again there, my friend. Come on. I hate macaroni and cheese. It's disgusting. That's not even food. It's just like it's like little elbow noodles in in this in this blech of of like, you know, melted cheese, which always has an odor. I don't like it at all. I don't like cheese. As a rule, you know me. I, I do not care for cheese. I only eat cheese in very specific circumstances, and that's not one of them. So I'm actually on his side. I am down. Not only am I down oh. on mac and cheese, I'm out on mac and cheese. You could put it in front of me at any time. I could be starving and you could put macaroni and cheese in front of me. I'm not interested. Mac, mac and cheese has to be one of the five most popular and loved foods in the world. I don't think you're making the point you think you're making because, A, it's, I don't agree with so, that at all. What I'm saying is that it's so rare for someone. I, Bubba, macaroni on, and cheese. Out, guys. Thumbs up or help thumbs out, down? Guys. Thumbs up. You like it. Absolutely. It's, I mean, why would you not? I don't, it's, it's macaroni. It's, it's, it's macaroni and cheese. It's great. No, it's awful. You don't like how it tastes? No, I don't like the way it tastes. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it feels. I don't like the way it smells. There's not one sense I have that likes it. Is it, it a lactose issue for My, you? No, I don't mind lactose. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't actually like, well, maybe it's not a, an issue. I don't have a, I'm not lactose intolerant, but there is very little dairy I like. I don't care for dairy. I think at one point in my life, I must have encountered like spoiled Ugh. milk or something uh-huh. because I'm always terrified of any milk product you that always, is going to be bad. You always smell it before yeah, you? Yeah, always, <laughs> always. And I do not like the way cheese smells in general. So anyway, oh. I'm in on the mac and cheese take. So Nuno, first off, mac and cheese, good or bad? Uh, good. Okay. Next, Nuno, give me a, a, a controversial, whatever you consider to be a controversial take on Thanksgiving food. Ham is extremely overrated. Ham. Now, I do know there are people who do ham instead of turkey. I don't know any personally, but ham is a thing, right? Ham is a thing. There are a variety of Thanksgiving traditions. Like I I know a lot of Italian-American families who have lasagna on Thanksgiving, so I know there are a lot of different traditions. So you're down on ham. Yeah, I think it's extre- I think it's extremely overrated. As a rule, like in all cases, or just on Thanksgiving? No, I I think all cases, cases, but especially if it's on your a table for Thanksgiving. How about like a ham sandwich? Like like if I made you a ham sandwich, are you eating uh, that? I'm extremely particular about my ham. It needs to be sliced extremely thin. Okay. Um. Yeah. So nope. All right, that's a particular. Bubba, give me a, a controversial Thanksgiving take. Uh, I don't. I could do without the stuffing. Don't need it. Oh, get oh, it out. Relax. Now, now we got a problem. Now you've crossed a line. Stuffing is the best part. Oh, I love stuffing. Are you kidding? Don't stuffing is it. the unhealthiest thing I love. Like there's nothing healthy about stuffing, right? There's literally it's nothing. Stuffing. It is just pure. It's exactly right. It is just pure carbohydrate. It is just purely bad for Salt. you. Yeah. And of all the th- of all the unhealthy things, that's my favorite one. No, yes. I, I would not have thought that. If you brought me just a plate of stuffing, I would eat you it. You just crush it. I love it. That's very surprising. I love wow. it. Wow. And, and and almost no matter what. Like, there's almost no stuffing I've ever had I didn't like. 
I like it. I huh. like it. I don't even need the potatoes. I don't need the mashed. I don't even go in on the mashed uh, potatoes. I love the potatoes. I like the stuffing so much. Give me the potatoes. Hambo, give me a controversial Thanksgiving take. The single best thing to eat at the Thanksgiving table is dark meat, dark turkey meat. I would. I eat the whole section of it. I don't even touch the white meat. I agree. Because I, the dark, the white meat is so dry. It, it dries up no matter how well you do it. I agree it. with you. I, I, no I matter actually, how well you do it. I actually agree with that take. By the way, they asked Belichick on the Greg Hill Show on mm. WEEI what his favorite Thanksgiving dish is. Could anything be more Bill than this being his answer? Oh, boy. Well, it'd be hard for me to turn down any type of potatoes. So, oh. you know, I'll go with whatever mashed potatoes, scalloped or, you know, baked or however they're made. But, yeah, yeah, you bet. Twice baked. Yeah. Extra, extra <laughs> sour yeah. cream. Load them up. Load, load them up. up. Yeah. Load them That's Wiggy's favorite. <laughs> little, maybe a little yeah. bacon, Bill? You bet. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Throw yeah. some butter on there. Yeah, just, you know, starch me up. Bill likes potatoes. Starch me up. <laughs> Starch me up. That's a T-shirt. You know what we found? Wow. Out? Yeah, we have a lot of T-shirt potential. That's about as wild as Bill gets. Starch me up. <laughs> so, so Bill, what is your favorite dish on Thanksgiving? Oh, it's got to be potatoes. <laughs> just it had to be potatoes. If I had asked you that, you would have guessed that. I, I would have just sure. said potatoes. Uh, By the way, real what quick, are really? scalloped potatoes exactly? You ever had scalloped? Potatoes? I don't know. I probably have. You would not. They're like not. Them. They have nothing to do with scallops. No, right? they're like. Thinly sliced potatoes, like engulfed in a ton of ch- baked cheese. Like you would not like that. Oh, that's, at least that's how my mom. Who's eating it. that? Me. And real quick, uh, you've uh, angered our friend Damian Woody. So how? He's uh, With your awful take. <laughs> your awful mac and cheese take. So I had D Wood in here on Thanksgiving, the first year of Get Up, in our studio, and we did his a uh, fundamental list, as we call them, his top five Thanksgiving foods. And can I tell you? I've never seen him more enthusiastic for an assignment ever. <laughs> like I don't think I don't think D Wood was more excited at the Super Bowl parades in Foxborough than he was, and he put a lot of time, energy, and effort into that list. So this is a man who cares about his Thanksgiving dishes. So, all right, if he wants to pop on off the top of the hour, we can. We're up against the end of an hour here. Uh, By the way, tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast. It's a deep dive into a single story from one of our reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily wherever you get your podcast. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.